You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Rubber Soul. In the room, I have Rob Hello. and Adam. Hey. Rubber Soul is the sixth studio album by the English rock band The Beatles. It was released on the 3rd of December 1965 in the United Kingdom on EMI's Parlophone label, accompanied by the non album double A side single Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out. The ori- original North American release of the album was altered by Capitol Records. I don't know what you guys are doing again. That's so crazy. Why would you alter it, Capitol Records? Come on. Uh, and included a different selection of tracks. It was produced by George Martin, and the genre is folk rock, rock, and pop. Uh, often r- referred to as the folk rock album, Rubber Soul incorporates a mix of pop, soul, folk, musical styles. The title derives from a colloquialism, Plastic Soul, which referred to soul played by English musicians. After the British version of Hard Day's Night, it was the second Beatles LP to contain only original material. For the first time in their career, the band were able to record the album over a continuous period, uninterrupted by touring commitments. The songs demonstrate the Beatles increasingly mature as lyricists and new instrumentation including sitar and fuzz bass. The project marked a progression in the band's treatment of the album format as an artistic uh, platform, an approach they continued to develop with Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, and the North American version of Rubber Soul contained 10 of the 14 new songs supplemented by two tracks withheld from the band's Help album. The four songs omitted by Capitol included the single Nowhere Man instead appearing on the North American-only release Yesterday and Tomorrow. Rubber Soul was highly influential on the Beatles' peers, leading to the widespread focus away from singles and onto creating albums of consistently high-quality songs. It has been recognized by music critics as an album that opened up the possibilities of pop music in terms of lyrical and musical scope, and as a key work in the development of styles such as psychedelic and progressive rock. Among its appearances on critics' best album lists, including this one, uh, Rolling Stone ranked it fifth on the magazine's uh, 2012 list of 500 greatest albums of all wow. time. The album was certified six times platinum in 1997 indicating shipments of at least six million copies in the u.s what did we think of rubber soul it's got some i mean norwegian wood is one of my favorite beatles songs so is in my life uh great tracks overall a great record uh this is one that that uh i definitely have like some busted old vinyl copy of that i listened to a lot as a teenager and uh I think it's a great record. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is where Beatles make the tipping point from being a good band into being 
a great band. They uh, they did the th- they did they proved themselves with writing you know Hard Day's Night, um, and some of the earlier songs. But now they have they were forced kind of to go into the studio, and they came out with this, and it's a amazing collection of songs in terms of writing production, um, and yeah, I, I it it sort of highlights how we were talking about before how a lot of albums are just singles you know we do have concept records and things like that but still this one really provided a scope just like we're going to get with pet sounds like we're going to get with these other records of this is an album you listen to you listen to the album it's not a single this is a full full thing you can pull singles out of it but the real concept is is what this album sounds like yeah with you i had never listened to this record before today i'm one of those who has avoided uh the beatles on a uh it has more to do with the people that were trying to shove it down my throat or people whose musical taste i did not respect and i'll tell you this much this fucking record rules (laughs) i find no faults in it at all. This wow. is just a very, very, very good record, and I feel foolish that it took me 37 years to uh, listen to it back to forth. I fucking love it. I, we did it, guys. We did it. <laughs> we got a Beatles fan. No, no, I mean... He, he, we got one. <laughs> once we hit the Lonely Hearts Club band, I'm going to go back to my my thoughts. But for now. That's a stinker. This fucking album rips, though. I... It, I uh, actually, there, there were there were two uh, track one. I don't even know the name of it. Um, we just listened to it, which is the second time I've listened to it, which made it me like uh, it a little ba- bit. Baby, you can drive my car. Drive my car. A little bit cool. better. And yeah. and the first time listening to that George Harrison song, which I haven't heard since Norwegian Wood. No, uh, it's like a track nine or something. Or tra- oh. track. If I needed someone. Yeah. Yeah, I. I, want, I didn't like it as much as the rest of it, but that might just be a slow burn when I listen to this album a few more times. I'm like, hey, that, that Harrison track's pretty sweet. Uh, I guess the, the very last track on this, uh, the one where uh, John Lennon's talking about murdering a girl, is probably not the best uh, foot forward for a uh, wife beater, but, you know, it's... This is this is when they got into drugs, right? This this is uh, blame the drugs. This no, is no, the, no, no, no. This is the Bob Dylan like. Uh, yes, this is the pot album. I, I learned if, how to smoke pot. The marijuana from, from album. Uncle Robert. Um, um, but no, I fucking I, 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 they are so tight, and they're for as young as they were. The fucking like orchestrations they're doing, like fucking McCartney's just he's just everywhere on the bass all the time, and fucking nice harmonies and. Ringo doing these smart little hi hat fills yep. and 
The, yeah, the drums are a little better, huh? I oh think, yeah. I I hadn't thought about that actually. Where like early Beatles, you're like, oh yeah, there's a drummer in this band because it's yeah. one, it's the style of the time to just keep it really muted and lay back a lot for the drummer. But this this record actually um, does have some some better drums. Mm. I fucking thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, what was the uh, Beach Boys album we did a few episodes ago? Uh, Beach Boys Today? Yeah. I, I, if I remember correctly, that was the first of the records where the studios were like, oh shit, the entire record, that works. And I think that Rubber Soul was kind of mapped off of what the Beach Boys had done with that as having the full record as a, uh, a piece mm. and not just like playing off of singles. But yeah, not yeah. in America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe yeah, that I, by this record that the uh, American label was a capital. Mess- yeah, said, they're still messing with it. It's just like... Why? Wh- who do you think you are? <laughs> like, well, like at this point, like the Beatles are such a phenom that they're doing, you know, they're clearly doing something very right. Maybe trust them on their own art. Well, is it yeah. more to do nowadays with the fact that there are there is just a fucking bounty of different box sets of Beatles things, and if they tweak something a little bit, they can make more money off these people who no, are buying Beatles no. records. This one, actually, they wanted to present it more of a, uh, I believe, like a folky uh, style, and having that song, Drive My Car, first represented that it wasn't, uh, you know, if you can believe it, folk was kind of, or it, it sounds different than the Beatles, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't hear, like, when hearing you intro this and saying this is a folk rock piece, I don't hear it. I do. Maybe it's I got acoustic. What... I mean, it's got that acoustic sensibility. And you hear it a little bit later in the record. Um, I mean, Norwegian Wood is definitely like a folk song with a yeah. sitar over it. Yeah. That's the second song. Yeah. I th- and so I think what they did is they took off the first track to, you know, kind of... I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just What's more the idea. It's just more the idea that like you. I mean, and obviously we have the hindsight to look back and say, like, what random American label you're going to edit the Beatles? Like, you yeah, know, I haven't mean, they sold enough records yeah, by well, this time? That's. I'm, and I think it's just that it's this late in the career to still hear that that stuff is happening to them is just shocking. Yeah. Was it Michael Jackson that owned the entirety of the Beatles catalog for a long time? For a while, yeah. Yes, and I believe it was uh, after... uh, Talking to Paul about investments. (laughs) About Paul McCartney, and he said something like, owning your own music is like the greatest thing you can ever do. And then I believe that they got into a bidding war, and Michael Jackson outbid Paul McCartney for the Beatles Oh my god, I didn't understand that's how it happened, and I love it. I I believe that's the story. I don't know if that's legend. Thanks for the great advice. <laughs> what was that song they recorded uh, together? Um, uh, oh, Michael, it's, uh, the, the doggone girl is mine. mine. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, can you imagine being a woman and those are your two options as suitors? No, thank you. <laughs> like great songwriters, guys. Respect your work. Not interested. <laughs> it's like, ugh.
I, I, I was absolutely thoroughly surprised how much I enjoy this record. And yeah, yeah. foolish, and it, foolish Robert, foolish. And it seemed like they knew at the time. I mean, I had read that Harrison. They knew they were making a good album. They had time to spend on it. You know, this is one of the albums where it's not just they're writing in between doing the gigs. This sort of the same thing we got with the. Uh, the Beach Brian Boys Wilson. today, yeah. yeah. Brian Wilson sitting down and actually hearing this stuff and presenting it and having time to think about it, really. Yeah. Which well, it, I think it shows. Well, I mean, where was they've this transitioned. Re- where was this recorded? It was, yeah. It was started recording 12th of October 1965 in EMI's Abbey Road Studios. Okay. Uh, it's a good sounding record. It's got that really great tape sound. I mean, a lot of the stuff of this era, I really like really like where they got records sounding where like tape tape just has such a warm kind of like it's like snappy but muted at the same time and they they were just really dialed in to getting this this great sound out of like it's somewhere between the mid-range and the treble on these records always sounds so strong to me in a way that you don't hear from modern records they seem like it just seems way the, these recordings sound so much like uh, like edgier than modern modern stuff. Modern stuff just always sounds so sleek. Even if you're recording the tape and dumping it into Pro Tools, it's just... Uh, well, I think, too, it's a, it's got a certain live liveness to it that, you you know, they they aren't pitch perfect. They aren't, yeah. you know, and, and they kind of go with it. And I think that's... That's well, what you have to do when you only have four tracks to exactly. work Exactly. And even yeah. though they're the Beatles, I mean, they're... They don't have auto-tune. They don't have, yeah. you know, their guitars are going to be, like, slightly out of tune, you know, places. They're going to yeah. hit wrong notes. And that's that's how it is, you know. It kind of has that, that 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 style. And, I, yeah, I think we've lost lost something like that. Now people will just do another rec- another uh, recording because it's on they digital. Just the one thing. Or, yeah. or, like, I mean, or, or even, like, the big difference that it's, like, it's never even, like, a live tracking you know exactly. it's like, like this is the band literally singing at, while they're also doing the drum tracks like even bands that are by old-fashioned by a lot of standards uh don't do their vocals while they're doing their drums you know guitars bass usually and it's just uncommon and so it's kind of interesting to just uh reflect on that a little bit because i think so many records today especially in the pop genre i mean what they're doing is in the pop genre of the past, now a pop record is assembled samples and sounds, uh, key, you know, mostly keyboard sounds uh, and a lot of effect on it. And and there's not a, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just that when you go back and just listen to a record like this, that's pretty straightforward. It's it's kind of charming and that's the, so, it sounds so, really good. Sometimes less is more yeah. when yeah. it comes to this stuff. Yeah. I, I, I know for a fact, had they been around in the era of how we can record things now, they'd have been like, holy fucking shit. Oh, yeah, they would have fucking... do all kinds of crap. Yeah, I mean, and that's... It's it's kind of interesting to wonder what... Um, yeah, what would have happened given the opportunity? Yeah. Would they have made such good records? Probably not. They probably would have gotten masturbatory and like you know but then again or the, or or they would have just been lazy i think that's the other i think the real problem is the opportunity to be lazy like God, i love being lazy well but just the the fact that it's so easy to make a recording sound good now and that it's like 
you just don't even know you don't even know if the band's any good in the first place because the record might sound totally fine and but these records I mean this is this is what they sound like they mm-hmm. must they worked hard to make it sound like this yeah it's a lot of takes though yeah absolutely it's them uh one thing I found interesting and in the in my life the sound of the harpsichord they did I mean they had a piano um and they wanted it to sound something sort of like a harpsichord like Bach um yeah and George Martin the recorded the piano solo with a tape running at half speed so when they play it back at normal speed it sounds like uh, oh. that that harpsichord do, sound do, 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 yeah yeah that yeah yeah that, that little so I'll, I'll listen to that next time I, I thought that was it gives the illusion of that harpsichord sound, but they're just working with what they got, and they didn't you know, Radiohead the, steal that lick? Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> who hasn't stolen the Beatles lick? <laughs> if you haven't, you're probably not a band. Not doing it right. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> there's a good quote in Esquire, 1967. Um, Robert Kreiskull. Uh, called it an album that for innovation, tightness, and lyrical intelligence was about twice as good as anything that anyone else, except maybe the Stones, had done previously. He later wrote, Rubber Soul smashed a lot of alienation without uh, reigning on the group's mass cult appeal. It reached into private lives and made hundreds of thousands of secretly lonely people feel as if someone out there shared their bright Brightest insights and most depressing discoveries. Psychedelia starts here. Wow. Which I kind of understood. You know, here you have a band. It's a widely popular band because they were doing this kind of pop teenage music. And then all of a sudden, they... I don't want to say grow up. Their fans grow with them, too. The fans grow along with them. Totally. And they introduce people into different styles of music and they're going to take it even farther this record's all over the place too in the I mean, next record yeah this this record's like i think it's funny the idea of a, i mean it, it flows well it's just that the songs are all over the place it's like it's not i mean the idea that capital tried to brand it as a folk record it's like there's there's like southern kind of like there's like honky tonks almost sounding songs there's like definitely like English sounding songs. There's just pop numbers. I mean, this this record is the like a Mich- Michelle. I yeah, almost sounded French, like a French song. The production yeah. of that guitar lead over it that sounds almost like a clavichord or something. It's yeah. so strange and like honestly, it sounds like French, <laughs> but it sounds like something you would hear on you know, not a Beatles record. Yeah, but uh, some some of the like just choices for chord progressions in these songs are fucking so smart it almost feels like a world music record in a weird way like where it's like it's just there's like uh you know without being like stretching outside of like europe and america but like it just feels like a mishmash of european and american styles which i i think is cool i mean i think it still all feels dialed in yeah I was going to mention real quick, the the album cover is kind of a strange, uh, weird, distorted album cover. And that came about when they are looking at a photograph and it kind of bent. Like when they're holding it, it like bent over and they were like, that looks like what we want. It looks, we want this like distorted 
angled look wavy. Up, a wavy. Yeah, maybe they were all high at the time, but they, they said, we want that. Also, the rubber sole, like, letters, that became, like, the, the psychedelic. Oh, yeah. That's those the look. Those bubble le letters were very... That is the look. <laughs> yeah. So, if people like that, if people don't like that, it's blame the Beatles, because that basically is where it came from. Yeah. Those, uh, those big bubbly letters. Oh, that album's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, so how do we feel about this, putting it in the book? Uh, yeah, killer, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I... On, I mean, I'm 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 currently a convert on on some Beatles now. This, yeah, this is a terrific, terrific record that I will listen to. This quite is a, a really more. good feel. It's just very. It's 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 like it has that it has that Lennon McCartney where it feels like they're getting along enough. They have different ideas and they're probably pushing themselves a little bit, but it's not stressful. At it's, this point, it's not like uh, too uh, grandiose. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very mid tempo record that just feels pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about records that are a little high minded or a little concept, and this just has solid songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, front to back, it's like every song is um, is good. Brian Wilson even said as much. Said every, I listened to every song was a gas. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Good deal. Um, we'll have plenty more Beatles. Don't worry. They'll be coming up next time. We'll be talking about Bert Yanch and his self-titled record. No idea. Hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. Stop and think about them